0: Five, four, three, two, one. You are listening to the Mango Tea Podcast with and D.K.
1: We are a nonpartisan Jamaican and Caribbean podcast for the diaspora. We give you tea with a slice of mango mm. and information on current events, politics, and politics, finance, sports, and culture. We created this podcast for the diaspora to know what's happening in the Caribbean beyond the gossip.
0: Hey guys, welcome again for, to another episode of the Mango Tea Podcast. Um, we are still celebrating Haitian Independence Month, um, and for today's episode, we have the illustrious. I'm taking Jody's word, but the illustrious guests, We have illustrious guests. Um, we have the we have Dolores and Christy. Did Christy I yeah, Christy. Oh is Lord,
2: my I, Christy, my sister.
0: Typical Jamaican people always miss people's name. We have Dolores <laughs> and Crystal. Crystal,
1: Lord. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not
0: me yeah.
1: this one, guys, it's not me.
0: <laughs> they are from growing up Kringlish. Ooh, I think okay. I got that All right, growing up kringlish it's the Caribbean. Haitian podcast. It's all about Haitian culture, Haitian music, language, everything. We are definitely honored to have you guys today. Welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you,
2: thank
1: you, Yes, we're happy to be here with you guys and learn more and collaborate, really. Yes. That's what's up. Yeah, it's like uh, trading of Jamaican mangoes and Haitian
0: mangoes. And-
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We started with a macro <laughs> conversation. We just love it. We just love it.
1: Yeah. And the rum, the rum is always flowing on the side. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) Um, So before we hop in, can you guys give a a little background of what your favorite mangoes are. Ooh.
0: Yeah, too. Sorry. I
1: heard the conversation about the Haitian mangoes. Hmm. Wait, which one? <laughs> the one with Karen.
0: Okay. Yes.
2: About yeah. the Haitian mangoes. Yeah. yeah. I think like I don't like I only know the Mexican mangoes, the bigger mangoes, and then the like the Haitian mangoes that she was talking about. It's the smaller ones, the um the yellow ones, the yellowish ones. Yeah. Yeah. Kind those of. Are, yes, those are my favorite mangoes.
3: Mm. Dang. The small. <laughs>
2: They're like medium sized They're not small. They, they be small, but they can also be big yeah. too. Dang, that, that's a good one, Christelle, Cause I like I'm I'm like on the fence with the green, the greenish reddish ones. Those are the Mexican ones. Those are the Mexican ones, and mm-hmm. I do like the yellow ones. with my parents, you know, growing up, I ain't seen no difference. They taste the same to me. No, they do not. You see, that, see
3: that's, that's, that's yeah.
1: Haitian
2: American. That's,
3: that's, that's <laughs> that you're, you're
1: not a mango lover. As, as a mango loyalist, as a mango enthusiast, and a mango kind of. Connoisseur, connoisseur, I can say that is false. There are many variations of mangoes, different tastes, different t- structures.
0: Maybe, different, yeah. you know, maybe they, even hundred, no, maybe even almost a hundred. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because you know what? In our, we spoke to a Haitian professor, and she said there is multiple variations of mangoes in Haiti. Which, getting down into the episode, we can talk about that too. Yeah. Uh, there's a plethora, and we had a conversation with a um, a Haitian Trump supporter
0: who was building. Oh. Like, what? Yeah, that was very interesting. <laughs> Yeah, you...
2: <laughs> I gotta check out
0: that episode
2: after he <laughs> <after laughs> tried mm-hmm.
0: our country a- yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, <laughs> he, he, act- he actually reminded him of that con- that conversation or that comment that Trump made. And I, I forgot. That whole, it was a- layers and layers of excuses yeah. why he, that was okay. Like,
1: if I feel like black black male Haitian, not black black male Trump supporters, they're all kind of the same. Yeah. They're all ashy, mm-hmm. and they also are very like overly. They overconfident say for things and they're very like well they seek at a certain decibel well you know xyz like that kind of level So, yeah. like very insightful because i want to know if someone calls if someone called jamaica a shit country and they're a prominent figure and i have influence on social media i wholeheartedly will be hurling a lot of bbcs a lot of fuck something else go and do something like i would i i would be doing that but it's it's interesting to see like it was interesting Seem to talk to someone from that mm-hmm. from point of view because there's also because he ran, um, against because there's a we have a little Caribbean in Brooklyn, yeah, and there we have a state, um, a representative there. She's been in her and her mother, they've had the seat for probably like over 20 years, oh, wow. and he went up against the um, the daughter and lost. So I was like, one, you're in a Caribbean community uh-huh. and you're running on the Republican ticket, that's brave, two, uh-huh. you're a Trump supporter, three, you're a Haitian Trump supporter. Or if you were a black man <laughs> Trump supporter. So, and there's so many, there's so many of them, so many Trump supporters like that. Because we have, there's a Jamaican woman that was going to run against AOC in her seat in Queens. She, oh, no, she, can't she can't. migrate. Another, that's another. That's another. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on in New York?
2: Yo, <laughs> no, you don't hear these things. Unless you live there, which is very interesting. Like, I'm really interested in that. So that's crazy.
0: Yeah, when you comes to new york you realize there are people with different opinions people are yeah. all of them yeah. but i mean i think one thing we've done is we, we like to give people an opportunity to divorce their opinions so yeah. i feel like yeah. while it differs from our personal opinion and obviously i don't agree jory doesn't agree um but it's a it's it's all it's interesting to see and hear somebody who's caribbean because i feel like we would always associate people that are from the caribbean with a more liberal democratic mm-hmm. party because to me, it makes sense, but okay. he, he gave a solid, but I think if you listen to the conversation, he more, he spoke, a lot of it was ignorant, but he spoke a lot about the traditional aspect of why he wouldn't support it. So, okay. countries like the Caribbean, and I'm sure you maybe you might agree, countries like Haiti, they're more traditional in certain mindsets. So, when he talks about maybe um traditional marriages, I think, I feel like growing up in the Caribbean, that was always a thing. So, I feel like that, I feel like the, for them, they think the Republican Party more aligns with the traditional values that they grew up with in the Caribbean.
2: Yeah, I kind of I see that too because I think me and Christelle were having a conversation about like Haitians are really conservative, like Caribbean people yeah. really are conservative. Very. Because that one little aspect, I feel like the blackness issue, like mm-hmm. black ownership yeah. things, like that that should be a little bit liberal. If only the Republican Party would just be that liberal and accept black people, mm-hmm. yeah. they want us over because they're really conservative. Really. Right. Just that they don't accept black people they don't accept immigrants. Yeah, True. that too. So, so it's just that little sliver of just like, hey, mm-hmm.
1: if y'all just, uh, y'all just switched a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They'll get a lot yeah. And yeah. it's
1: interesting too, because the Republican Party, a, a huge number of their base, even before MAGAism, was evangelical Christians who they're the ones that go to or regions or homes and spread the gospel um, over there. But when they're here, they're they're saying, take Jesus, America's great, but when you come here, they're like, mm, "We don't want you here. Leave. Get mm-hmm. out. Get out of our place. Go back where-, where you're. Yeah. Oh." Mm. But you know what was interesting about that episode two when we recorded? We recorded the day that they announced that Biden,
0: Biden officially won the election. election. Yeah. Oh, it, was oh that, it, was that, it was that Saturday when the numbers came out and we are like, oh, but you yeah. realize that. And then he was one of those conspiracy yeah. theorists. So like, oh, but, but the numbers don't add up. Oh, but Trump was leading first and yeah. all that nonsense. But
1: you know what? It's, it's in the essence of me. I don't know about Dakari. Dakari isn't as messy as me. I'm messy. So that, that episode was... Was probably the most hilarious and the most significant because one, I I, I want to hear his mindset, but two, I also want to like I I wanted to I wanted to see some emotion come out of him, and I think we did. That his, we some. political candidate lost.
2: I have to go listen to that episode. Man, me too. Like I'm ready for that. I want to know more about the conversation because I like me personally. I like hearing other people's point of view, even though they're different than mine, because I feel like sometimes. We be talking from like two sides of the fence, but then our ideas and what our really true goals are right here. Like we just got to get over our own little personal things and just be like, look, the goal is right here. And we all want this goal. So let's just drop the BS and the charades and let's just focus on that. So, you know, I I just love hearing other
1: opposing views sometimes. I'm just like, hmm. I do. It's like (laughs) watching an episode of The Real Housewives. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Great. And that's how we frame our show. We're like we're like real we're like a podcast about news and culture, but think real housewives like watching real housewives and giving commentary. That's that how we frame sense. ourselves.
2: Yeah.
1: Cause we also talk about like the news too and what's happening. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is honestly real housewives type mess, stupidness, all of this. Mm-hmm. And it's great to give my my um my observation, my feelings through yeah. the life of this is messy. This is terrible. This is great. Like I'm watching Real Housewives of Atlanta and like Kenya, Kenny Moore is doing something really, really, really shady. It's it's great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Growing Up Kringlish, um, amazing podcast. If you haven't listened, they're on all streaming platforms mm-hmm. and they're also part of the Caribbean um, Podcast Diary. So tell us about yourselves. <laughs> so I'm Dolores
2: here. I'm 24 years old. I was born and raised in Nashville. If I didn't already make that clear with my mega
3: comment.
2: <laughs> 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 but my parents, our parents, okay, Christelle, our parents, <laughs> <laughs> our parents. are of uh, Haitian. They're born and raised in Haitian. Both mom and dad born and raised in Haitian. And they mm-hmm. came <laughs> Haitian. <laughs> and Haiti. And Haiti. <laughs> <laughs> you can say Haitian three million times. Like, ooh, okay. But yeah, our parents were born and raised in Haiti and they immigrated here two years before I was born. So, but Christelle on the other hand. um, So I'm Christelle, I am Dolores' older sister. I'm five years older than her. I just turned
1: 30.
0: <laughs> Ooh. Hi, welcome to the 30s. Perfect.
1: Yeah, thirty-one. 31. 31. Oh, you know you're still in your twenties because the birthdays that occur during the pandemic they don't count. Celebrate again. Tell me more.
3: <laughs> yeah, you,
0: got, you got one more. You got you got one more.
2: So so I get to have a bigger celebration. You sure and...
0: do.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. Okay. Y'all hear that, friends? Because they told me I've been celebrating since last year.
3: That's
1: my <laughs> birthday. <laughs> <laughs> no, no it, it's in the pandemic contract. Yeah, you okay. got, you you don't age. You stop. You're one you're year. one age forever because the days are like the days seem like one days. So yes.
3: like,
0: <laughs> the one. Week week I'm like, 29. I
1: lied.
2: I'm 29 years old. <laughs> 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 I yes, I am the oldest of what seven? Seven, seven siblings. We have right. seven. Um, and our youngest is six. Yes. Nice. Yes. So, um, um, yeah, it's like Caribbean. So our parents had they <laughs> <lives> very late. <laughs> yes. I think um, between my youngest sister and my youngest brother, they are 10 years apart and yeah. they're born in the same month.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
2: but, yes. My youngest brother was born at the end of April. And then my youngest sister, the six year old, she was born at the beginning of April. So it's a beef because he brother, was like, I had, the, I had the April birthday first and you just yeah. came out of nowhere 10 years later and then your, your birthday going to come before mine. Man, <laughs> And he was the youngest for the longest yeah. time So like whenever our dad would come home That's who would get the chips, the food And all this other yeah. yeah. special privileges yes. All of that So then Selena came around Our youngest sibling is Selena We talk about her all the time on the podcast oh. But Selena came around and she was like Listen here, I'm the youngest now And she don't play That little girl, she do not play She said, I came, I'm here now What you gonna do about it? I take <laughs> I'm dad's sweetheart. I'm like, man. Woo. You, gotta, you gotta watch
1: out for that one. Yeah. yeah
0: girl. She's gonna yeah. take over. Yeah.
1: She's a bossy girl. She's a
2: bossy All
0: right, girl. Show.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, why did you guys decide to create Kringlish, Growing up Kringlish.
2: Growing up Kringlish. So it actually came from a conversation me and Christelle used to have. Because I don't know if you want me to tell this part.
3: I don't know, but we <laughs> <laughs> like, like,
2: start, like, start a podcast because me and Christelle, uh, our relationship, we we got closer as I got older. Yeah. So then we started having these really crazy, funny conversations. We're like, dang, we need other people to hear this crazy conversation we have. Or we have it, like these funny takes or different takes. We're like, dang, we need to have this conversation like... Outside, like we gotta have it public. Like, people gotta hear this, people gotta join in and just hear in on what we're saying, especially since we're, we have like a five year age gap. Mm-hmm. So, she got this person, she had this perspective on life, and I have this other perspective on life. So, to see that butt head, and then we you know we have that common ground and stuff like that. Yeah. And what I was gonna say earlier is like, I was born in Haiti, I came here when I was four. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like for the longest, like, I kind of like was like the oldest sibling. And then you know how the oldest sibling is like the mother, is like the yeah. parent. So yeah. like I was the parent for so long. And then like, once I got older and graduated college, that's when we started getting closer. Cause I always felt like her mom. I like, I was never her sister. I just started becoming her sister. Like I was never her sister. I was like, you know, the mother. And then so we were just talking and we both like, I wanted to start a podcast and just create a space for like, like like I wanted to start a podcast for like, for Haitian girls, like just a platform that we could just, like, girl talk, you know? And yeah. just, I want to start a podcast, too. But I want to start a podcast to be fun. Like, to be fun. <laughs> talk about messy stuff. <laughs> talk about messy stuff, but then also be informative, because you know, yeah. I like, mm-hmm. I, like, if, I, like to, uh, I like to bring up crazy things and yeah. crazy topics and stuff like that. And then we're both Haitians, so I'm like, being Haitian, I like to say, being Haitian's fun. Like, mm-hmm. it's funny. There's like, Inside jokes that you could only get if you grew up in Haitian community with Haitian parents and Haitian culture. Like it's just some jokes you just can't explain in English. (laughs) So we just want to like highlight that in our podcast, Mm -hmm. and then we're from Nashville, at that, so that's another thing. (laughs) Nashville
3: (laughs) Nashville. 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 Nashville.
2: Nashville. country Tennessee Haitians, like (laughs)
1: it's just a mess. So I think that's just funny. Did you? Uh, did your parents ever tell you why they decided to move to, ha- to Nashville?
0: I was going to ask around the same question. Yes. Like, Can we talk about the Haitian community yeah. in Tennessee a little bit? Because growing up in Brooklyn, I know there's a large community of, of Haitians in Brooklyn. We also know about a large um, community of Haitians in Florida. But when you say Tennessee, I'm just like... Nice. <laughs> God, wait. I'm, I'm not thinking there are any Caribbean people in, in Tennessee. I'm just like, okay, those are just for... A different group of people who remain unnamed, and I was like, "Okay, it's just for them." you <laughs> so we fr- I was like, "Wait, are we getting mangoes? Like, are, getting- are, getting- are you getting? Wait, give me, come on, tell us about life in the- in-, in in Tennessee um, as, as a nation. as black people and as Haitian." Oh yeah, uh, yeah, that. yeah. So okay.
2: you were gonna tell a story on why they
3: decide to
2: come. So yes, I'm the kid that always be asking my parents all these crazy questions. So, I asked my parents, like, why did y'all move to Nashville, Tennessee? Why didn't y'all move to Florida, New York, Georgia, something like that? They're like, well, one, <laughs> my parents was like, we don't want to go. They really didn't want to go to, like, a very predominant Haitian culture for something. They, <laughs> Haitian place. They're like, we just want to go somewhere new, it's like, new and fresh. Okay. So, that's what they chose. And at first, they were going to go to Texas. But then, I guess, like, immigration was like, oh, there's too many there's too many people we sent into Texas. So, they're like, here's here's Tennessee. How about there? And they're like, okay, cool. Yeah, we'll go to Tennessee. They basically got sent to Tennessee, nice. basically, because we came in as refugees. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, and it wasn't just us that came by ourselves. Like, they had like other friends and families. Like, we still have like close friends and family that came the exact same day. The exact. Same we we're on flight. the same flight. Yeah. <laughs> but, as us, so we kind of were like the same community for a long time because we all came together. And then, plus there was already Haitians here when we got here, and um, then they like built a Haitian church. And you know, once you have a Haitian church, that's it. it. That's,
3: that's
2: it. it. It's like putting that flag down on the ground. you now.
3: <laughs> Yeah, not
2: arrived. <laughs> yeah. So there's actually a lot of Haitians here in Nashville. Like there's a like like a mixture of different cultures. Like there's Jamaicans here. There's a I mean, Trinidad like Trinidadians. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of different cultures here. And like here. like I was saying. Um, Nashville actually is a sanctuary city, if nobody knew that. So it, we take in a lot of refugees. So it's almost like the United Nations. You get the Kurdish people. You have Asians, Hispanics from all places. Mm-hmm. Like, it's the United Nations because of that sanctuary city status that we have here. So, like, my my high school or our high school, we went to the same high school, um, basically was, like, full of immigrants. hmm I mean, we it's have like a, a melting pot. Of, it, it is. There's, like, a lot of schools that are like that in, like, some areas, like, I say I always call it Antioch, the Antioch area or the Nolensville Pike area, uh, the United Nations, the world. Like it's just it, like it's yeah. just like all the people who move here live in that area, mainly because you know it's low cost of living. But it's also like you see that's where you see all the international restaurants, the international mm-hmm. stores. You see the flags going down, like you see all these different languages going down this one street that you don't see in other parts of Nashville. So. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. National ain't what you thought it was.
0: This no. is definitely why you need, you need to travel, you need to read books, and mm-hmm. you have conversation with people from different countries and different places. Yeah. Because I honestly would never, if like if you would pull a set of Caribbean people, I, I don't think I'd put any of them in, in Nashville. I'm sorry. No, no you, you wouldn't. wouldn't. <laughs> it's no. Lot.
2: It's a lot. We got a lot. And, you know, we, we try to like keep that community, that, com- that sense of community here because, you know, Sometimes you can lose it. You have it here one day and then things happen. People move away and then you mm-hmm. get that sense of community. So we definitely want, we try to keep that here, especially when we have our churches and things of that nature. I mean, we even started programs and like events and stuff like that. We have little, we have nonprofit organizations like Tennessee Haitian Voices yeah. thing. We and have a, a like a radio show, mm-hmm. like a Haitian radio show in Nashville. Wow. Yeah. Like we, we doing our little thing, we doing our thing.
0: <laughs> but, my mind is blown away. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know what? Nashville has been on like my list of places to go because like I think a couple of years ago it became like, ooh, Nashville, it's the so big cool. city. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: I I was just like, oh, I'm gonna hang out with like a bunch of
3: like it's country. Right. People. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, right and right. and yeah. um, I, never, it's really I never light.
2: It's very light. <laughs> Like yes, Nashville man. is white. It is very white.
0: You because Nashville was always on the bottom of my list. It's almost <laughs> like I, I complete everything else. No, no, I'm the honest. I complete everything else, and then okay, there's Nashville, and then okay, maybe I go to Utah or like one of those. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're not compared to Utah now.
3: God, that's
2: that's
3: white, white. Like, you're not, <laughs> yeah, you're not odd, black people in <laughs> You compared us to Utah? No, <laughs> no, no. your
2: country music no. capital. I mean, I know,
0: but. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have a, no, no. Thanks to you guys, I have a different perception of Nashville. I honestly, I have a different perception of yeah. Nashville. I'll be there. It, it's bump, it's bumped up on the list. I, I'll yeah, be there. it's
2: definitely a nice <laughs> place to visit. Like, I mean, like you were saying, Nashville just became its city like recently. Like, we got we we still got to develop our city in a sense because mm-hmm. it has grown way faster than we could handle. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's crazy. But yeah, Nashville's Music City, country music Hall of Fame, and all that stuff. I mean, we don't do we really? I don't really listen to country music like that. What about you? I listen to country music just a little bit. Country. country I like music. Carrie Underwood and Tim McGraw. I I listen to country music just a little
0: bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> okay. so do you guys have like? Okay, so are there like Haitian restaurants? Do you guys have like? Yeah. I, think, I know you guys <laughs> understand the <laughs> person might be there, but like when you go in the supermarket, can you find? Oh God. Go can you find the ingredients uh-huh. for the soup that you can make oh, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, so basically, because, you know, like I was saying, United Nations, all that stuff. I mean, <laughs> we got the United Nations thing going on in Nashville. So basically, when, we, when our moms go to shop for stuff, we usually go to, like, the Asian supermarkets. The international markets. Yeah. Uh-huh. So they have the ingredients and things of that nature that we need, and that's but where we find it. We actually don't have any Haitian restaurants. We yeah. have a friend that has, like, a food truck Oh Shout yeah. out to uh, flavor of Haiti. Haiti. Yeah. All right. So there's a uh. You write
0: that, that one down because I'm, I'm still yeah. coming to I'm still coming to Nashville, just not this year, but yeah, yeah, It's on the list. So, flavor of and Haiti. I'll the, sure
1: the I watch the seven day COVID average and then I'll decide. What I'm <laughs> <about>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. man, Woof.
2: yeah. There um, so there's no Haitian restaurants here, but like we have people who sell stuff out of their homes, you know? <laughs> We're selling, we selling the plates out the, out, the, out the kitchen, you know? Yeah, that. we have people who sell plates out their kitchen, but we don't have no official mm-hmm. Haitian restaurants. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, uh, the llama team people do. Um, what is it called? Chez Llama. But yeah. I think they have more like a food truck. Yeah, it's then, more like a food truck, And too. then they do it like catering. C- catering, too. So it's like more like sporadic. I don't think yeah. they have a centralized restaurant mm-hmm. place. But we need that here in we Nashville. We do need it. It's definitely needed. We have these conversations all the time. Like, we need a Haitian restaurant. But we definitely yeah. got Jamaican restaurants here. Yeah.
1: Would you say that there are, like, 50 Jamaican restaurants down there?
2: No. Nah. More like two.
3: Like two. Oh. Oh. Fuck. <laughs> Listen. Wait, wait, <laughs> you, know, wait, wait. you know what, man? You, not... know what, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> you know we oh right? You If you yeah. go there, like, the United Nations.
2: With there's what? That's like United Nations proper. Yeah, not like Nolan's Barrow. That's what I feel like. Well, we have island vibes, which which does have Haitian food, Jamaican food. Um, so that counts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's only like two, maybe three, because one just opened up. There's three Jamaican restaurants mm-hmm. here. Okay. That I know of. No, there's four. There's one in in a gas station. I'm gonna count that one because their food is good
0: gas station, <laughs> Listen, gas station food, food from your kitchen is always good. But I'm, yeah. I'm curious as to the, dy- the dynamics. So we I, I talk about um, natural and thinking, okay, this is an entire white community. Mm-hmm. When you think of the mix between Haitians and the, the everyone else, how is this, com- is there a sense of camaraderie? Do you guys feel at home? Do you guys feel a sense of community? Like, beyond your specific community, where, okay, beyond... Where you live, where you have a um, Haitians, like how is the relationship between Haitians and, say, for instance, your white friends from school, or
2: man, listen, I don't know, I don't know, I don't think, like, I think for me, like, again, like my white friends from school, like I went to a school that was like the melting pot, so they were used to being around foreigners. Like our school was full of foreigners. Like your um, SGA president was Asian, you know, your vice president was Ethiopian, so it's like, I feel like the white friends that I have are used to, and they eat Haitian food, they they love foreign food, but, like, I feel like, you know, like, in Nashville, we do have a lot of black people, because we have a lot of HBCUs here, like, yeah. Chris is here, TSE is here, Mahari is here, like, some of,
3: some of
2: the first HBCUs are in Nashville, some people don't know that, Mm-hmm. And so I feel like when it comes to, like, a sense of community, like, I don't feel like me being older, because, you know, it just started getting popular to be Haitian. We were not always accepted. Yeah. So just like Karen was saying in the last episode, like, we were African and Haitian booty scratchers back in the day. So I feel like growing up as a kid, it was really hard for me to explain my Haitianness to people to the point that I just stopped going out. I stopped making friends. because. It's hard to explain to somebody why you cannot come to my house.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is fact. It is hard <laughs> to explain to somebody. Because they can think you stuck up. Like why my my mom, my <laughs> auntie, and my grandma keep kicking me off the phone, coming on the other line, so I might go wash your underwear. <laughs> you
3: know,
2: like it got to a point where like I did not have a lot of friends. Like, all my, all of my friends that I've been having for, like, 10, 15 years are all Caribbean or African descent or, like, from Africa because, like, they're the only people that understand my pain.
3: You
2: know, like, you know, the three L's that we like to say. Lakai, School, home, church. That, like, that was our lives. So, like, I feel like, you know, growing up, it was kind of like, I felt very like isolated. Like, you know, like even like in my high school, we had a foreign table where all the foreigners sat.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Like I like I feel like in a sense we were very much kind of divided because like only foreigners, well, we felt like at the time, only foreigners could understand foreign struggles, foreign
3: struggles. <laughs>
2: um, so I feel like growing up as a kid, it is hard to explain to other kids. And when it comes to like the dating scene, it's hard to explain why if I take you home, they think that we're about to get married. I cannot take you
3: home. <laughs> <laughs> we are
2: serious. <laughs> Some people are like, oh no, you're hiding me. No, I'm not hiding you. But if you show up, you are automatically my husband. Hey. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah. I, like, so when it comes to like the dating scene and like there's just certain things that it's hard to explain. But as far as like now as an adult feeling accepted, I do feel accepted. I think growing up, like people thought we were black unless we told them we were Haitian. And then it was kind of like, ugh, what's that? Yeah, I definitely get that a lot because I'm because growing up, I always see me and my little brother, the brother that came after me. We're different, even though we're like two years apart, me. I was always openly Haitian. I'm like, hey. Oh yeah. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm Haitian. I'm Haitian. I'm Haitian. My brother, on the other hand, even though he was two years younger than me, and we used to be going to school, riding the bus together, he's like, don't tell nobody I'm Haitian. You know? <laughs> don't tell nobody. Uh, yeah, Man, I would see my brother be like, suck by step, brother, what's up? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> Listen, do you not see that you don't see soft so what they wearing? My brother be like, bro. Just his face up, bro. bro don't have to be in this language bro and that's the best part about being Haitian bro, in about Nashville that. is that yeah. when you go to New York there are so many other Haitians or they understand what you're saying but when you're Haitian in Nashville most of the time oh only we are in on the jokes and only we can understand what, what we're saying but yeah yeah my brother did not like that at all he was like bro quit telling people you you Haitian like leave that alone but me I'm telling and even if I got picked on, whatever, I'm like, I'm y'all not about to bully me out of saying I'm not Haitian, like I'm yeah. Haitian, whatever it is, what it is, because I just felt like that's who I am. I'm not going to deny my identity, but you know, some my brother, maybe he got more picked on. He just never let me know. And he just didn't want to have that issue.
3: But I never had
2: a problem but, with that. And then also like, you know, even though you had like, even though we went to the same school, the demographic changed five years from when my sister was in high school and when I was in high school. Like, was it more white for you? Yeah, it was definitely uh-huh. a lot more white, and it was more black, and then, you know, the, the foreigners started to diminish, because mm. there was not that many foreigners, either. Like, it's, it, like, Christelle was already talking about, oh, everybody's from here, 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 and I'm here, am like, That's where not- they at?
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, we went to the same high school, same though. Same high
2: school, It just in a matter of five years, I guess, the demographic changed, like, people moved somewhere else and stuff like that, so, wow. I mean, there were definitely foreigners, like, Christelle was telling me how, like, at her high, at the high school, they had it's an international, international day. day people love the Haitians at international day listen when i got there five years later where is international day i'm trying to do my dance
0: i thought it would have been a reversal it's weird because you feel like as the world progresses and changes that you would now have an international day as opposed to back then
1: nah. you know everybody decides to move to atlanta
3: <laughs>
2: I understand that like we had all that stuff because like i said like the head of like our sga or the president of the school was like we were all foreigners like everybody that was held a high office in school was like a foreigner so of course they pushed for that stuff oh yeah we had international day where you can try different food from all different cultures we had a whole fashion show we would dress up in our um um Canada, cultural, cultural Canada clothes. Gear, clothes we had a whole fashion show we had a like Nice. They got me to dance. That's the one time my friends got me to dance in public.
3: <laughs>
2: that's another story. Yeah, I didn't know that it was. It was more. Yeah, right it definitely you. changed. It definitely the demographic definitely changed five years later. Like, I was looking for that. I was looking forward to that. You know, your sister tell you all this good stuff. Your experiences is just not the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. That's one. And then also, you guys mentioned like being Black American in Nashville, Tennessee. Um. You know, it's it's definitely different. I feel like Nashville is a special place because Tennessee is a red state. There's racism. Folks right folks to this I have a neighbor down the street from our house who still hangs their Confederate flag outside their house. Like that's weird to me. People like you if you go in rural areas, you're gonna see that big old Confederate flag flying on their big back trucks, like like they don't care. Like is the racism is here. But Nashville is a little different because one being a sanctuary city and there's a lot more diversity. And then actually Nashville and Memphis are really the only two major cities in that in the state of Tennessee that are that blue. Are blue. Mm-hmm. They're going to be blue no matter what. So that's different. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then Nashville's more predominantly white. So, you know, we have our black areas in town that, you know, that has the HBCUs and the more black soul food restaurants. So, it's very interesting being black in Nashville because, I mean, even in, like, school for me, there's a stark diff- stark difference in the way they treat black kids in black schools, predominantly black schools, and white schools. Because in my elementary school, it was more mixed. So, you know, you had the Asians, the blacks, the Hispanics, right, in elementary school. And then I went to a all black, a predominantly black middle school that had blacks and a little some whites. You know, and that was it. And then, like, it was the worst experience for me because, like, it was my first time getting searched all the time. Police always coming. Kids. Wait, kids in middle school?
0: school. Wow. Yeah,
2: in middle school, people were, we got searched. They brought the dogs out. Um, If you get to fighting, you're the automatically now. Like, it was very culture. It was it was traumatic, honestly, because that's a lot to deal with. Like, you come from a school, elementary school, and it's not like the culture is not like that. Then you go to predominantly black school, and then you get, you're getting searched. Like out of nowhere, they're pulling you out of class. Like, everybody get out, get out, get out. And you line up in the hallways, and then these cops are just patting you down, looking for phones. If you got your ID or belt, if you don't have it, you go on ISF, you're getting kicked going. Like, it was really crazy. And it was just, you know, different because it was a predominantly black school. And then I go to the school my sister went to in high school, which is more mixed, diverse, and I didn't have to deal with that. But so, but also, like, we stay in, would that consider the suburbs or you know Yeah, it is the suburbs there's like that line where it's like your zone for like the wider schools and then there's that line like it's literally like half of the neighborhood is zoned for the black schools and half is zoned for, for the like white school for the white schools and the high school that I went to like I was supposed to go to the all black high school and I was like no like I've heard too many horror stories I've heard just too many and I literally had to get my parents to sign papers for me to go to the high school that I went to. And because of that, you didn't get transportation. Yeah, so <laughs> I didn't get transportation. No. So then I had to literally walk to my friend's house every single day in order to get transportation. And mind you, it's like a five minute walk, Like sometimes, sometimes longer, longer. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, if you saw our house is here. And in her house is like a few streets over. Like, it's not that long of a walk. Your mom can drive you. you can oh, go yeah. Cut through. Like, we're still in the same neighborhood. <laughs> but we, me living a little bit further ahead this way, we go to the black school. You live a little further away that way, you go to the white school. Like, uh-huh. it's very weird. And they have metal detectors at that high school and all that other stuff. And I have to beg my parents that I did not want to go there. So that's how I ended up at the school that I went to. And then our bus driver, she wasn't even supposed to really pick me up, but like, she was just like, well, I'm gonna pick you up anyway. And then, so that's how, like, all my siblings just continue. You know, once foreigners like something, yeah. you
3: know, that's what you am saying. <laughs> but
2: then all of my brothers and my sisters went there cause I truly had like good teachers. And like I kept like I started the Legrand legacy. So uh, <laughs> for real. Every time they meet a Legrand, they're like, "Oh, you're a Legrand." There's more of you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Like I grew up in um, Connecticut. When I I migrated over when I was 13, and I lived in Connecticut. Huge culture shock. Um, not because it's a white state. I lived in a predominantly black area, but it was very suburban, suburban and boring. Um, but like, we, we experienced those same things too. Like if I, if I walked like maybe five minutes up the street, I was in Hartford and where I live down the street was in Bloomfield. So our high schools were very, very different Mm -hmm. where the Hartford schools were a little bit, um, they were underfunded and which results in chaos. Whereas the the school I went to, it was in a mixed area. It was a mostly black high school because all because of white flight, everyone decided to send their kids to private schools. The ones that couldn't afford private schools sent their kids to the school. And it was a it was a different it was rough. We didn't have metal detectors like the Hartford schools did. But it was it was a little rough and all that. But metal detectors in middle school, I have never heard of that before. Well, we didn't have metal detectors, but we got searched.
2: Well, oh, we got searched.
3: we got searched.
1: Yeah, we got some. No, I'm saying they brought the metal
2: detectors, like they would wand you when they searched you. That's what I mean. I got you the Oh, it. OK, okay. So, I mean, if it got, it was ratchet. It was a ratchet <laughs> school, to be honest. I was funny is,
0: 15, then.
2: Well, what's funny is that school, even though I went there, it was really ratchet, chaotic, and all that craziness. I had great teachers there, great black teachers, which was the craziest thing. I don't know it was because maybe I test higher and they just like put me in these better classes with the better teachers mm-hmm. or what. But I was just like, we had great teachers. It was just the chaos and like the control, of the kids, and I don't, I don't know. And then the security guards that are weird, <laughs> you know. I don't know what it was, but I, I think maybe if I was like an average student, maybe I would have a different perspective on it. Because I had really good teachers in this chaotic school. Mm-hmm. I, don't know. I didn't go to the same middle school. As no, me. you didn't. I was the only one that went to that ratchet middle school. And I, I hope that gets <laughs> my parents.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we all, like alone. Everybody else went
2: to, everybody went to a, no, a better middle school but yes, her. me. And I'm like, I'm the smartest one.
0: <laughs> Maybe that's why you went to the ratchet school, because they know you were still good.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> I true. So, mind is being blown right
0: now. One. Yes, mine too.
1: Black people in Nashville, Haitian, Caribbean people in Nashville. Nashville, in Nashville. How did you, how did you learn about, like, yes, you grew up within your Haitian household, but how did you learn about your culture oh. outside of your parents? Did you learn any? Did you learn? How did you learn about, like, your historical figures? Like, how did you learn about your history? Essentially. Was it primarily through your parents or was it some something else?
2: Um, well, we're lucky that we grew up in the time of the 2000s. So we got the internet.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so that's really where I learned more. most of it. My parents also, because like I was saying earlier, I used to pick my parents' brains about things. Like, hey, where's my grandma? Like, because, you know, my parents came here and I like never met my grandma until I was like in middle school. So like, where is my grandma? Where do we live? What c- city we come from? And I'm like, okay, what's some historic events? Like, why do we eat soup on the first? Like, why is that a thing? So, you know, my dad, he's like, he likes history. So he would break it down to me as when I asked him these questions. Um, also, sometimes in church, church we learned a lot because like, we had when we had like um Sunday schools and things of that nature or we had programs or we had like um these after church programs when we did rehearsals and scenes. Sometimes we have these conversations with our leader, our church leaders, and they would explain things to us. So that's really where we learn more about the history and in the internet. Thank yeah. God for the internet. That's what I was gonna say. Aside from like our my own research, probably like church, church pro- programs and stuff like that. Cause even um at our church that we went to, um, we started a program every first where we celebrated in, in Independence Day. So then we, we had people talk about the history uh-huh. and they recite poems, and did, like skits. did skits and things of that nature. So we tried to, we tried to make sure that we kept our culture and we we're teaching the next generation. And those who wanted to learn more about our culture, our culture. Yes.
0: So, well, I think it's important for you guys to continue this celebration of your culture. Because I feel like us as Jamaicans or people from the Caribbean, when you um, move to a different country, some would want us to immerse in the, cl- in the American culture and almost like shun what we know as to be ourselves. I put that aside. But why do you think it's very important to, and not only just embrace it, but just continue celebrating it, like continue celebrating your traditions um, beyond just the fact that, okay, your parents are Haitian, but just for yourself and, or if you want to have children, familiar children. Why do, so why do you think it's important to continue that tradition? of um, just celebrating who you are.
2: I feel like it's important because like learning more about, learn, learning more about black history made me learn that, I mean, black Americans don't even know where they came from. These like, you don't even know what country, what country in Africa you came from. You could have actually been somebody descended of Caribbean culture that fleed the island and moved to America and it became like gotten to slavery and things like like that. So I feel like it's so important to know where you came from, um, your culture. I feel like there's just things that we do as Haitians. <laughs> and you're just like, why am I like this? Why do I cheap it, suck my teeth? Like, why, do do like, why do I have that tendency to do that? And, like if you don't know your culture, you're not, you it's like a part of yourself that you just don't know and don't understand. So I feel like it's so important to pass that on to my kids, whether I marry another Haitian or I marry American or whatever nationality, I wanna make sure they learn Hey, listen! You're Haitian. This, is, where you're this is this is where you're from. This is your family members. This is what they did. Um, this is what we stand for. This, this is why This, this is, is your food. Culture. Oh yeah, you gotta know the food. Talent. Hold <laughs> on now. You gotta know the food. <laughs> so you know you, you. I want my kids to be immersed in the culture as much as possible. Even more than my parents immersed the culture for me. Because if you don't, if you don't pass that on to your kids, it's, it's gonna lost. be lost. Yeah. Especially since we live in America. So you can just adapt yeah. to the black culture and that's it, that's all you got. And I feel like, no, you're more than just being black, you're Haitian. And being Caribbean is dope.
0: It is. It is. It is. Beyond it's these things alone. <laughs> 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 yes. cool. Are you guys fluent in Creole? You guys both? I, I mean,
2: we're fluent in it, but it's just like, you know, our Creole is Americanized. It's like, we have an accent. It's like, it's very Americanized yeah it's diluted is the correct word yeah diluted yeah but yeah we can speak it and and understand it like our
1: grandparents speak no English okay um so it's interesting because we uh I told you we spoke to a Haitian professor professor Céline Essilion. she's um she was the head of the Haitian Studies Institute at University of Kansas and now she's at Forgot the name of university. I'm going to butcher it. So, Kennesaw, Kennesaw University. Kennesaw
2: University in Georgia. In in, Kennesaw, it? Is not
0: in Georgia? I think. I don't remember. Second. It's it's,
2: it's in Kennesaw. Kennesaw State University.
3: More than one Kennesaw. Oh, maybe there's more than one. But I know
1: Kennesaw State University. He wrote a Haitian phrase book.
3: Yes. Ah.
1: Workbooks on uh, Haitian Creole. So nice. Yeah. So I was. I was like. When she told us that, I was like, Excuse me? This is like, and, and there's a, and it, it's interesting to find out that there's a lot of history, pro, his doctors of history professors. I don't know what I'm saying. There's a lot of um professors that focus their life studies on studying Haitian history. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of scholarly articles, all of this stuff. But like, for the f- simple fact that you guys are, in a very you're in a very white area and you there's you you have a very niche community and you it's truly a community because you have your church you have um you have your neighbors you have your friends and you're still able to teach each other about the culture and about the history that's amazing i love it absolutely
2: like honestly i'm kind of happy that makes me proud of my community in a sense because like we could have came to nashville tennessee and just Listen, we're black now.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. This is what we do. I'm I'm going to lose my I'm just going to let go of my Haitian culture and just not move on, but I feel like the people who did come in the 90s, they made sure that like now we need to establish our community. We need to have this ground so that the people the Haitians that are here now, the Haitians that came before us and the Haitians that that are yet to come can have somewhere to be so so they can feel like listen, although I'm in this place that's white to my knowledge and there's probably not going to be any Haitians down there. There's we have this community that can be like, hey, you come here, you get linked up with one of us. We're gonna help you out, and that's truly what happened. Because and they used to do way more back in the day. Yeah, like we used to have parties and all types of gatherings and stuff like that. And I guess as people had kids and kind of moved on, it's not like they moved away. They're all still here. Mm -hmm. Majority of them are still here, but I guess you know, life happened, and it's like our job as the younger generation to like take over now. Yeah. Mm And I feel like it was so important for them to do that because they didn't have to do that.
3: They
2: but they did it anyway so that because there's hey, new Haitians that come to the Nashville area so many times. Like we had the NFL draft <laughs> in um, 2018 and I was just doing Uber and Lyft because, you know, I was like, Y'all, all these people come to Nashville. I'm going to make my money now.
3: <laughs>
2: so I'm picking up a Haitian. And then I was like. Hey, are you Haitian? Because I just like, I know the accent.
3: You can ask me with
2: accent. I'm going
3: to be like, you Haitian? And if you're uh-huh.
2: not, I'm going to figure it out. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, you're Haitian? I'm like, yeah, Haitian. And they're like, what? I never thought there was going to be Haitians here. And everybody hit me with that. I'm like, yes, yeah, there's a whole community here. And they're like, what? I need to come see y'all. Where's the food at? Who making right? money? <laughs> like, I gotta eat. That's what they say every time. It's like, oh, there's churches here, or what do y'all do here? And things of that nature. So having that community there so that people can know, oh, if I want to come to Nashville and I want to eat some food, hit up so and so, they're gonna cook you a plate. Or if not, they're gonna refer to somebody else who's making some food. Or if you need somewhere to stay, hey, so we're going to take you in because you're Haitian. Let's you know see you take people in. You know, I don't know how <laughs> we, we do that. Like, <laughs> we are so community-based. Like, all you got to do is have that Haitian card and you're in. Like, it's crazy. But I love that, though. I love that about us because, listen, you meet a Haitian anywhere, they'll be like, hey, hey, go here, go here. It's PTNTL. She's going to help you out. you like, who is PT Antel? <laughs> who is her? Like, why you got me sitting me to talk to strangers? <laughs> you know you can trust them, though, because, like, hate Haitian people ain't going to let me astray. Yeah, I went to Aruba for my birthday this year, and there are so many Haitians in Aruba. And my best friend that went with me, she just had, like, the Haitian flag uh, mass. Mm-hmm. And so, like, of course, like, we know our flag. So, like, we had so many Haitians <clears> just, you know, if you see a Haitian, like, I'm sure that's... Probably how Jamaicans are. If you see, so we had like so many Haitians come up and talk to us and like give us places where to go and stuff like that. Tell us about like the Haitian. like there's a big Haitian community in Aruba and I didn't know that. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: I know that either. Yeah. Wow.
2: I mean, everywhere we went hair store, uh, we went to the grocery store. There's not one place we went in Aruba that a Haitian did not recognize the flag and was like, y'all Haitian? And you know we're gonna speak to each other. Mm-hmm.
1: So, <laughs> <laughs> and they you, know, cool. you know you 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 can tell when someone's a tourist. So yeah, yeah. Okay, um, I think I have one last question because it's 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 time. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's your favorite teas? Favorite teas? Mm. Ooh, I love fruit tea.
2: Passion fruit.
0: Passion Interesting.
2: Wait, fruit is passion fruit or tea or is it just a juice? You can use I hate a hate. <laughs> yeah. um, but I like fruit tea, and I'm I'm sorry, some some of my are gonna be like, ill girl, ill. Ten absolcy, listen, that tea is bitter as hell, and it's not it's the great for tea. Wait, what's it called? Ten absolcy. It's like this. I, I can't even tell describe it really because I don't know the. Uh, it's the
0: it's, it's the same thing, Jordan. It's okay. It's what I think we call it Cersei. Yes,
2: yes. We that's
0: it. It's bitter.
2: It's very bitter. But when you yeah. sip that thing, I don't know what it does. It
0: heals our wounds. It does. Yeah.
2: Like, I don't. Mm, that tea. I guess mm-hmm. I would think that's my favorite because it's been hitting low key, low, key. like during I'm,
0: I'm, I'm surprised you would say that though because that <laughs> is. Hey, I, know, I know people it, like, that's it, weird.
2: It, but that's one of my I, I like it.
0: That's like medicine. Oh That's why I'm like saying medicine is my favorite drink. But definitely, trust me, it's good for you, though. Trust, it's good. It's real good.
2: That's only why it's my favorite. It's I, I like none of the Haitian teas, not one of them. So oh, don't okay. judge me. Um, But I literally, I used to get whoopings because I don't drink juice. I don't drink, yeah. like, I only drink water. Like, I literally, oh, like, I really don't like good. it. There's not a health reason or anything like that. I just don't like it. But my coworker, she makes this mango strawberry tea. It's literally the only tea that I drink because it does not taste like tea. I don't know what it tastes like. It tastes like love, I guess. Because it doesn't taste like. Uh,
0: juice.
2: <laughs> that is the only tea that I would drink because I don't drink tea. I don't drink juice. I don't drink anything. Like, I literally just drink water.
0: You guys grew up in a, in a home where. Everyone drank tea because I know Caribbean people. I don't know if we got yes, they drink tea. Yeah. that. Uh, sure I'm, they drink I'm, tea. No, I'm just making sure because I'm like, yeah, I grew up drinking tea. tea because of my obviously my parents and my grandparents. So I was like, I was think maybe it's not a thing, you know. But,
3: no,
2: it's a thing. yeah, oh. but also like Jamaica, y'all are like colonized by the British, so British drinks tea, yeah. So that might be a thing too. Like,
0: it's like four days, four times a day.
2: Oh, really? Yeah.
0: Like, well like more for me, less for Joy. I'm sure.
2: Sometimes it's four or
1: five, yeah. It depends.
2: <laughs> yeah, we we drink a lot of tea too. It's just like I just like I just See, don't, but we don't drink tea like that. When my grandma came, she tried to make us drink it every day. Yeah, that's it's cool. just because like it's just not us. Like I think it's our family. We don't drink tea like that. But yeah. our patients drink it four times. A week not the day, but we drink a lot of tea. I have not drunk because I live alone. Like I don't live at home with my parents. I have not drunk not one tea during the Rona, and they've been they've been being forced
0: to drink tea. <laughs> no, no turmeric or garlic. No, um, no. that's I, I live in. I technically live in a Haitian community because all my neighbors are either Haitian. Live Haitian. In like, I really, really honestly do, and then one of my coworkers she's Haitian, and then a lot of the, I work for a bank, and a lot of the members or customers that come in are Haitians. And they'll tell me all the way, they always tell me about the tea, especially in the COVID time. Now it's always tea, you, and garlic and the ginger. Like i will be writing stuff down every day. They're telling me all kind of ingredients.
2: Ooh, I drink. take that back. Ginger tea smacks. I love yeah. ginger
0: tea. See, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, that's
2: like, I mean, I kind of do like the herbal teas now. As I'm getting older, I'm kind of liking them more. So ginger tea, that, and then I'm Southern from Nashville. I like me some sweet tea.
3: <laughs> love, it.
2: love me some sweet tea. That's, my favorite. That's all I get when I go to restaurants. So sweet tea. So I take those. Those are my teas.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right well guys thank you so much for joining us thank you. Thank you for like honestly this is top top 50 episodes top top really <laughs> yeah and they mean, definitely
0: okay. opened our minds like you've opened yeah. my mind i mean I, yeah. I would consider myself ignorant well in a sense sometimes and you guys really have kind of broadened my mind about nashville about being haitian um about being black
1: so yeah. definitely yeah.
0: thank you for this
1: because honestly, I did not expect us to be talking about being Haitians in Nashville. Yeah. You learn something new every day. Like, yeah, I mean, there's Haitians in Utah, Haitians
2: in Wyoming, Haitians in Alaska. I want to talk to some people in Haitians in Alaska. Someone really want to know
0: what made you. Are to- you serious? Or are you dragging it this time? Alaska? No,
2: no, no. I'm not joking. <laughs> I'm literally not joking. I'm being dead. I'm serious. Wait, okay,
0: I've been to like 15 states, so I definitely need, you know what, I, the ones at the bottom of my list, I think I'm going to break them up, because I feel like I need to know a lot more about the states.
2: Yeah, I don't know if they have a Haitian community in Alaska, but I know there's some Haitians in Alaska, only through like Haitian social
3: media. Well, mm-hmm. now you know
2: you can come to Nashville. I oh, yeah, I you have,
3: will. And you have
1: a home. I <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. this, this is crazy, because you know, I always see like the deals to go to Nashville through JetBlue. And I'm like, yo, I should nah. go, I should go. And then it's like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. But now, I'm gonna be like, all right, Nashville, let's see what. Yeah, there's a lot to do in Nashville, so you definitely gotta yeah.
2: come. No, I said there's a lot of stuff to do in Nashville, so you definitely gotta come.
1: But but not during COVID, right?
3: Not during COVID. You know, oh, right. no, no, I'm just saying, oh, I'm talking about in the future. Oh. Oh, I'm not talking about
0: now. The Jordan hit me on Paranoid. She like, what, what, you guys are okay. outside? You guys are outside?
2: The world so no not during covid <laughs> later <Really>? later
1: <laughs> okay um so for our listeners that want to hear more about growing up kringlish where can they find you what are your social medias so you can follow
2: us at growing up kringlish and i'll spell that for some people uh, kringlish is spelled k-r-e-n-g-l-i-s-h and we're, we have an instagram page and a facebook and a facebook page And then you can listen to our podcast on all streaming platforms Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of those, Stitcher. And you can find me at at MyBlackIsHaiti on everything. And me at SimplyDolores.
1: Oh, love it. Love it. it. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. Join us next week for more mango, more tea, Mm -hmm. and
3: more rum. Ooh, yes, rum. Mm. (laughs) 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 Okay. That's a wrap.